This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone. You are listening to an episode of Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And first of all, I am so sorry that this wasn't in your feeds the moment you all like opened your eyes this morning, but I was kind of having technical difficulties yesterday. I'm not sure why, but sometimes I wake up and my internet is down. Unclear. I know that I think that there was like a storm in Detroit. I was sleeping like a little baby, so I don't really remember. Like, It doesn't matter. So I am here bright and fucking early to bring you some mess on the docket today. I have to touch on Jim fucking Edmonds, of course. Like, we have to talk about that whole situation. Of course, we have to talk about Benefer. And I want to throw it back to one of my favorite couples. So, oh, another thing. (laughs) The technical difficulties won't happen once I move. So I'm currently in the process of moving. I... I'm moving into a new place like end of August. And I just have to like vent really quick about the whole furniture buying process. It is the most stressful thing ever because I guess I didn't realize that I have commitment issues until it comes to like deciding on a couch to buy. And I just, if you guys have any tips and tricks of the trade of like what the fuck to do, how to buy furniture, where to buy furniture that isn't, you know, $6,000, like please tell me because I am, it's a struggle. And also I'm kind of over the whole like mid-century thing. Like I want it to feel cozy and warm, but also not clutter. Like I'm just... I'm having a really difficult time. So again, if anybody has any tips, like please slide into my DMs. If I I don't see your DMs on Bravo Historian, please don't like feel ashamed to slide into my DMs at Samantha Bush. It's my like personal Instagram because that's that I'm I like I said it six times. I'm struggling. So anyways, let's get into the episode. First of all, 
I believe Jim Edmonds to be engaged for the fifth time. Yes, I, you heard that correctly. The fifth time. And I want to know like who the fuck is saying yes to him. Who is like choosing to be with Jim Edmonds? I would, especially after everything that happened with Megan, that was like on camera, off camera, very public, like in the tabloids and the press and the media, like it was everywhere. And I'm just curious, like who looked at all of that and was like, that's my man. That's my dude. That's my guy. I truly just don't understand. I think he's like puffy and swollen and red faced. And besides all of that, I just don't think he's like a good person. Yeah, I just don't. I can't really seem to wrap my mind around it. Oh, and I also want to make a correction. I just remembered. It's his fourth wife. It really doesn't matter. I feel like after three, it's like who is even counting? Clearly, he's not. Uh, But if you don't remember in 2019, Detective Megan King Edmonds, Now she's just Megan King. She dropped that Edmonds real quick. Uh, She found a sexting affair between Jim and their, quote, nanny Carly. So I don't know. Call me crazy. But like what what is it about him that everyone's just like drawn to? Because she also like I remember when this was coming out, she had just given birth to her twins and there was all these rumors and she was she's always been very transparent and very vocal, which I always appreciate. I think it's messy for sure. But as a bystander, I just love to watch it all kind of happen. She wrote in her blog, you know, that in hindsight, it's 2020. She remembers him being out a lot and partying a lot at that time and having inappropriate conversations with, you know, young women. And she remembers him deleting text messages off his phone, like entire conversation threads. And she just remembered thinking like, what the fuck is happening? So then, of course... She's a detective and she found the messages between him and Nanny Carly. That is not the woman he's supposedly engaged to. And I don't know if it's been like actually reported and confirmed that he's engaged, but he was seen in a hot tub with a woman named Courtney. And then the way she spells her name is K-O-R-T-N-I-E. Courtney. Uh, Shoot, they were in a hot tub. I believe he was drinking a Coors Light. The ring looked like it didn't fit. It looked huge, but it didn't look like a fair finger, which always gives me anxiety. I don't understand how these people get engaged with rings that don't fit. It's like so stressful to me. Who else got engaged recently where I was like, this is giving me anxiety. I can't think of the person right now at the top of my head, but oh my God. I personally find him to be worse than David Bedore. I know that that's like a hot take. Uh, maybe it's not actually, but I was low key kind of team David. That's probably a hot take actually. He, please just go, if you have questions about this, go to my Instagram app, Bravo Historian, and look in the highlights. Uh, I did a Shannon and David deep dive on there where I go through every single trial and tribulation that they went through on Real Houses of Orange County. Uh, so yeah, go check that out. Next up, obviously, we have to talk about Benefer 2.0. Listen. Every single week I talk about them because every single week they come out with something new for us. And so right now they are vacationing in Saint-Tropez. They're on a $130 million yacht. And guess who else is in Saint-Tropez? A-Rod. Fucking A-Rod is in Saint-Tropez the week of J-Lo's birthday. Why? I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a million other places he could have gone but he was spotted in Saint-Tropez on a $32 million yacht 
with broadcaster Melanie Collins. And also it was reported by page six that A-Rod liked. So Jennifer's sister had posted a happy birthday uh, for her, obviously, and he liked it. And also him and Jen are still following each other on Instagram, which I feel like is such a like a boss move. She's like, listen, I don't give a fuck. You can watch what I'm doing. Like, I, I bet I doubt she even cares what he's posting, because guess what he's fucking posting? He is posting Instagram stories with Eric Decker. That is like low. That's like low. Uh, that's low hanging fruit for me. I don't really need to get into that again, because if you listen to last week's podcast, you know exactly how I feel about the Deckers. If you didn't, please go listen to that episode. I go on a long winded rant about it. My dad, I saw him over the weekend, actually, and he was like, I don't know who those people are, but you do not like them. I was like, no. Definitely don't like them at all. My mom said the same thing too. It was actually really funny. But I just think it's weird. Like, why is he there? Why is like, go to a different island, go to a different place, like go to like, I don't know, go to Italy or something. I don't, it's just fucking weird. He's such a little thirst monster because he knows that there's going to be paparazzi there. So I'm sure he's like, oh, they got to get me like with another woman because, but it's like, babe, you Ben and JLo are on like a different fucking playing field. They are celebrities. These are A-list celebs and they are giving us what we fucking need. Okay. And I went on a rant about this on my Instagram a couple days ago because people are like, this is fake and this is staged. I don't give a single fuck actually if it's fake or staged. If they are recreating Jenny from the Block's music video for the 20th anniversary, like frame by frame, absolutely, I'm here for it. But I also think that they might genuinely be in a relationship because Matt Damon, who is Ben Affleck's best friend in the entire world. I mean, the fact that these two have stuck by each other's side for this long in Hollywood, like clearly they're like homies. Uh, but he told Extra on Monday that I'm just so happy for him. He's the best. He's deser- he deserves every happiness in the world. I'm so glad for both of them. Now, JLo and Ben are doing what celebrities should be doing, and that is giving us photos. Like, I want evidence. I want video. I want audio. I want I want fucking everything. I don't need this YouTube drama, TikTok beef. I don't need any of that. I don't need to see 19-year-olds outside of Saddle Ranch, like, talking about, like, being team Bryce, like for a boxing match. Now I will say I do pay attention to what's going on over there because I do find it a little fascinating, but it's not like this. It's not on this level. Okay. So I think we all just need to enjoy what they're giving to us and just take it and ride this wave because we should just feel blessed to be like a part of this journey, whether it be staged, whether it be real. I just, I think it's kind of a little bit of both actually, which is nice. And I always, kind of was wondering, like, have they kept in touch this whole time? Like, I can imagine Ben sending her, like, happy birthday texts every year, like, maybe a happy Easter text, maybe, like, a happy 4th of July, you know, you still light up my world type of stuff. Like, that's what I'm really seeing. Uh, And I know that there's some concern for Jennifer Garner. I've been seeing some people wondering, like, hoping she's okay. Jen's fine. Jen is doing just fine. She is in her cute little crew next sweaters and her little sneakers and she's taking her kids to school and she's going to church like she's and I believe she's back with her ex-boyfriend who's like a multi-bajillionaire as well. So not saying money is everything, but I'm just saying she's she's probably fine. I think her and Ben have been separated for long enough that like this isn't that big of a deal. I can't imagine how I would feel personally if my ex 
got back together with like his long-term ex from like 20 million years ago. I just can't imagine how I would feel, but I'm sure she's fine. I'm sure she's fine. So let me take a sip of my coffee. I want it to be like you guys are here with me. So I'm taking you all along for this little journey this morning. Okay. So Sammy Sweetheart of Jersey Shore fame, her and her fiance, Christian Biscardi, broke up over the weekend. She said in a TikTok Q&A that she is single and happy. They stopped following each other on Instagram and she did all photos of them together. And this is really, now you're probably wondering this is random. Like this doesn't make a lot of sense. Like who gives a fuck what she's doing? And I gotta say, I give a fuck. I do. Because I think we all owe her an apology. What we witnessed from the years of like 2009 to 2013 with her and Ronnie on Jersey Shore was the most toxic, abusive relationship. And I remember people being team Ronnie in this, which is mind blowing. Because if you rewatch it as an adult, you don't even have to rewatch all of it. You can just like look at clips and instantly your mind takes you back to the Thursday night where you would all sit with your friends before you would go out to the bar and watch Jersey Shore. Like that is a moment right there. And I remember it very specifically, but It's so sad that like so many of us were more team Ronnie. And I just feel like that like really has a lot to do with the fact that there's like a lot of internalized misogyny that we dealt with as young people. So we really just owe Sammy Sweetheart like such an apology. And I really like that she kind of kept out of the limelight afterwards. She just kind of stuck doing her own thing. She stays doing her Instagram. She also posts like a very, she, she posts very, I don't want to say candid photos of herself, but they're very not um, strategic in the way that she posts, if you get what I'm saying. Like, she's not, she doesn't have an agenda. She's not trying to, like, be famous really anymore. She's just kind of riding that wave of, like, I was on Jersey Shore and you're going to buy my clothing line. And she's just still in Jersey and she's just, I don't know. So I'm, I'm just glad that she's happy and single and like living her life. They were supposed to get married. Her and her fiance, Christian, were supposed to get married September of 2020, but they pushed it back because of COVID. Well, that's what they said. Obviously, clearly other things are going on. I never trust a situation where it's like there's a long engagement. I always find that to be really like a red flag unless like it's obviously for COVID. Like, but then it's like, OK, if it's if you're moving it for COVID, then you should probably come out with like a different date. Uh, that didn't happen. So clearly there was something going on there. We don't really know the details. She might come out with something later. I don't know, but good for her. I just I just want her to be happy. I always liked her a lot. This past week, Sports Illustrated came out with their famous swimsuit issue, and they had a trans woman, Lena Bloom, on the cover for the first time. And this is like absolutely major. This is so exciting. Announcing her cover, she tweeted, this moment heals a lot of pain in the world. We deserve this moment. We have waited millions of years to show up as survivors and be seen as full humans filled with wonder. But this isn't the first time that Lena has broke down barriers in the industry. NPR writes, uh, she is one of the first trans women to walk the runway at Paris Fashion Week, the first trans woman of color to star in a film at Cannes Film Festival and the first trans woman to grace the pages of Vogue India. So it's just really powerful to see a trans woman on the cover of such like an iconic magazine, especially like the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Now that like a lot of LGBTQ rights are being attacked 
left and right by the GOP. So I know a lot of you probably don't come on here for like political takes, but I don't really give a fuck. This is my podcast. I'm going to speak on what I want to speak on, especially because these are such important issues that like really need to be talked about. But reported by the Human Rights Campaign, there has been eight anti-LGBTQ plus bills um, enacted into law in 2021. So there's been three anti-trans sports bans in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Tennessee, one anti-trans medical care ban bill in Arkansas, four religious refusal bills, uh, including in North Dakota, South Dakota, and two bills in Arkansas. Arkansas fucking sucks. Whoever lives there, get the fuck out. It sounds like a fucking hellhole. Additionally, there has been 10 anti-LGBTQ bills that are currently on the desk of governors awaiting signature. Four bills that would ban transgender students from participating in sports um, that are awaiting governor's action in Alabama, Kansas, Montana, and West Virginia. So I, like I said, I just think it's really fucking amazing and powerful that Sports Illustrated kind of took a stand against that and are basically saying, fuck you, like trans rights or human rights. And we're going to put this beautiful woman on the cover of our magazine. Uh, Bloom told Variety, I think it's just a powerful time right now. I'm so happy Sports Illustrated wanted to have the nerve to really say we got to have this moment. And if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. So also alongside of her on the cover is Megan The Stallion and Naomi Osaka, uh, all legends in their own fields and all badass women of color. So also Sports Illustrated has never had three women of color on the cover of their magazine, which is like absolutely fucking insane because it's 2021. But hey. We're, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It should have happened sooner, but it didn't. So I'll take what I can get. Now, let's let's segue into the royal family. If you know me or follow me, you know that I love the royal family, but I also love to criticize them. I never fully blindly love people. I just, I want to make that very clear. There are very few people in the world that I just like blindly love. Like if I love you, I will I know your flaws. Like that's why when I say things like I love Bethany Frankel, I'm aware that she is a very flawed human being. Like, or if I love Carol Ratzwell, I understand maybe why people don't. It's never, I'm not blind. I'm not a blind stan. So when I talk about the royal family, I will be criticizing them too, because there's a lot to criticize. But finally, two months after Meghan gave birth to their daughter, Lilibet, uh, the royal family decided to finally add her to the line of succession. She is now eighth in line to the throne. And this really only happened, I think, because the press and media really put a lot of pressure on the royal family. Like, listen, you guys aren't getting a lot of good press surrounding Meghan and Harry and their children, uh, especially after that, like, amazing interview they did with Oprah. Oh, my God. If I want to, like, go back in time and just, like, rewatch that, like, over and over and over again. It was so good. But so I think they really only did that to save face. Like, they can't not add her to the fucking line of succession. Like, that would just look terrible on their part. Also, Harry is coming out with a tell-all book. Uh, I guess he's coming out with a few of them. One is reported that he's not putting out until after the queen dies, which that's so fucking juicy. That's so juicy. I just can't fucking wait. I'm going to read every single word. Uh, my dream, though, is that like if he does an audio book, there will be like secret recordings that of the royal family. You know what I'm saying? Like I would love to find out who said that about Archie's skin color. We all know the comment, but... I'm dying to know. I need to know. I think personally, I feel like it was either Charles or William. I can picture William just do, thinking that it was like not a bad thing to say, which because he's like so fucking out of touch. But that would just be incredible. Okay. So for my pop rewind of the week, this one will feel random as hell. 
But this is a couple that meant a lot to me growing up. And if that doesn't show like how unhinged I have been since I was about nine years old, I don't know what, I don't know what will. But on this day in 2003, Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France for the fifth time, which is like, if you don't know what the Tour de France is, it's like that sporty bicycle race. Uh, Big congrats to him. But then, you know, he had the whole doping situation come out and that kind of tainted his reputation. He got stripped of his seven titles. But like, I don't really want to get into all of that. I'm really here because when I read that on this day in 2003 that he won, I got fucking transported back to him and Sheryl Crow. These two beautiful people with like, they both have like incredible bone structure. They're both like really chiseled and like, they both kind of look alike. If I'm being honest, it's kind of like Giselle and Tom Brady. I feel like they kind of look alike, but these two, like literally, I remember feeling like they ruled the world. I don't know why I remember hearing so much about them, but I do remember coming home from school every single day and putting on Oprah at 4 PM Eastern standard time and watching every single interview that she did with every single person. And I remember Cheryl and Lance were on a lot during that time because he was like, you know, this like amazing sports person. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports, obviously. And she was like this amazing singer. And they just like, they just really seem to hit it off. And like what I love. Okay. Let's, okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's get a little backstory on Cheryl and Lance. They met in 2003 at a charity event and hit it off. And from then on, they dated. And then two years later, he proposed to her in the middle of a lake. Okay. Lance told Oprah, quote, we took this boat to the middle of the lake. And this is one of those little fishing boats with the motor behind going. It ran out of gas in the middle of a lake. So I thought, you know, we're stuck here. I may as well ask her now. That is like some Noah and Allie type of shit. Like he's proposing to her on the middle of the lake. But I do have questions like, how do they get back to shore? Do they paddle? Because I don't think cell phones were, I don't think cell phones were that popular at this time to the fact, like maybe people had them, but I don't think like they worked that well, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't think so. But what makes them such an iconic couple is that they were kind of like, I'm going to throw it back to Jen and uh, Ben really quick. They were full of PDA, like on the red carpet in France after a race courtside, like it didn't matter. They wanted us to know that they were fucking and I ate it right up. Like if you look up photos of them, they are all over each other, literally at all times. And it they always had on like a Livestrong bracelet. So there's that point too that makes them really memorable to me is that their relationship was kind of at the height of the Livestrong, the Livestrong era. Uh, which, you know, he was a survivor of testicular cancer. He won the Tour de France seven times. He started an amazing charity for cancer survivors and helped cancer patients one-on-one find treatment and the best doctors and have, you know, uh, resources for them. Yeah, the doping obviously wasn't great, but he started Live Strong and the charity is actually still doing really well. But so I just remember them being like, the couple for a while. And also like to take it back to this time, like 2003 to 2006, like we had the whole Jen and Brad and Angie triangle. We had them. We had obviously JLo and Ben. There was like so many good couples, Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon. Very, very like good couple drama. And like they were, I just love that era so much. So obviously every week I'm going to throw it back, but Now, sadly, six months after they got engaged, they put out a joint statement. And there is nothing more in life. There are a few things, actually. 
more that I love than when a couple puts out a joint statement declaring they're no longer together. I don't know why it gives me a rush. It gives me a high. I just love it. People don't really do it anymore. Not since Chris and Gwyneth put out theirs where they said that they are consciously uncoupling, which is like one of the most iconic phrases of all time. But so Lance and Cheryl put out After much thought and consideration, we both made a very tough decision to split up. We both have a deep love and respect for each other, and we ask that everyone respect our privacy during this difficult time. Now, Lance also went on to say in interviews, you know, later on that she wanted marriage and she wanted children, and it's not that he didn't want that, but he just didn't want it at that time because he had just gotten out of a marriage and he had just had kids, which he did. Like, he was just... He just divorced his wife in 2003 and obviously met Cheryl. So I don't want to call her a rebound. I don't think that that's what it was at all, but it was probably like a little too much too soon. Uh, But still, what's so nice about them is they still talk like really fondly about one another. Now, I would love to see them rekindle or maybe like have like a Jen and Brad moment on like a red carpet where their hands linger for a little too long. But he's currently in a long-term relationship with a woman named Anna Hansen. And as for Cheryl, she adopted two boys, Levi and Wyatt. So I just love love. I love celebrities. I love real celebrity gossip. I love, I just love that. You know, obviously that's why you're here. You know that I love it. That's really all for this week's episode of Hot Off The Mess. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget tomorrow is a new episode of Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast. And of course, Bravo Fridays over here at Hot Off The Mess. And this week I have some amazing guests. They're super funny and hilarious. You're going to love them. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And check out the other podcasts by the dip. There's Slut Pig Podcast, uh, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser. There's Exposed, which is a drag race podcast. So amazing. And then there's more to come. So I hope you all have a great day and bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Ready PG.